Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? Doing well. I didn't feel well earlier today, but <clears throat> since we started talking and we, we got this thing uh, ready to roll, I'm feeling much better. That's what I like to hear. I like how to hear you? that you're feeling better. You know, I'm always... Yeah. If I was any better, I'd be twins. Very nice. You got some, uh, you had, you went to the dentist today, did you not? Bub, I did go to the dentist today. How was your experience? A, uh, so, I don't know how much I've talked about the dentist on this podcast before. I feel like we've talked about it before. A little bit, I enjoy, yeah. I enjoy going to the dentist. I have an awesome dentist. Uh, the whole team there, I'll tell you what, teamwork makes a dream work. And these, these people have got a team down. They got the earpieces with the microphones and they're clip clipping, you know, it's like CIA stuff going from room to room, telling people, yeah, topical on five, uh, be ready in three, boom. Um, yeah, just threw in the uh, fluoride, uh, ready for a dental check in two and they're boom, boom, boom. You know, it's secret service type stuff. Mm. So, uh, and I like to make fun of the fact that they walk around like they're secret service. So they like me, right? They're all young, nice people. And, and, uh, they get, they get a good joke. They don't, they're not stuck up and stiff, which is fun. My dentist is, I think a year younger than me or two years younger than me. So wow, we're on the same way. She actually might be like eight years younger than me, but anyway, I feel like I'm that young. <laughs> so we're all on the same wavelength, have a lot of fun. And, uh, I have an issue. So I got, I had, uh, I had, uh, three or four hairline fractures on one of these back teeth back here. It was about to break off. Is that from when so I punched you in the jaw that one time? It was, it was, it was, Sorry, it, man. it was the elbow. It was the elbow, you know, that backyard game, backyard basketball, um, in the Roop family, uh, between the Schmitz, the Wits and the Edwards can get a little, get a little, uh, rough. Well, especially because we were playing 21. And when you play 21, there's no fouls the way we used to play. And if you were nice, you let the other guy have the ball back when you beat the crap out of him. But for the most part, depending on which Edwards was playing, uh, there were no fouls. Prison rules. That being – yeah, prison rules. That being said, that being said, finally went to go get that thing fixed. They said they wanted to put a crown on it. They make the crown right there. Normally you go in, they chisel it down, give you a fake one, you come back like – a week later, get the real one. No, I had to be there for, I was there for two and a half hours. Ooh. They make the crown with like a 3D printer, fit it in your mouth, and then put it in an oven for another 20 minutes, and then put it in there for good. Dude, I was at that dentist for two and a half hours. I got there at 2.30. They brought me in probably about 2.40 because you got to sit in the car and I got out of there just under five o'clock. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, that being said, I now, I, uh, my mouth about, about, uh, two hours ago, I, I, I had, I got the other, the other half of my face, but the problem is, is every time I get the Novocaine, right. So get the shot of Novocaine. I don't know what it is, man, but, I, I feel everything, not everything, but I feel it. Like 
she comes back in five minutes later. She's like, Hey, you good. Can you feel, feel on this side? Does it feel the same on this side? Like it feels exactly the same. Can you feel your tongue? Every single bit of my tongue. I can feel. Yes. <laughs> and she goes, what about your cheek? I said, well, the very far back of my cheek, no, but the rest of the cheek. Yes. She's like, oh, I had to get five shots of Novocaine for one tooth. Whoa. Five shots of Novocaine. So yeah, the thing is, is I just don't think they let it sit long enough. They want to get yeah. right on top of you. Like, hold on. if y'all just chill, because I couldn't feel the side of my face literally for the next three and a half hours, actually four, four and a half hours wow. from the time she shot it. It was, my face was gone. I had no left side of my face. You have like Novocaine antibodies or something like that. Like, I don't know. She your, said your body fights off Novocaine. So she said two things that I was laughing about. So we had, we all uh, have a little conversation because I got to sit there and wait for my tooth to bake in the oven or whatever it did. <laughs> so, 350 <laughs> for 47 to 49 minutes. 47 to 49. <laughs> Those are great minutes, by the way. <laughs> Every direction I have from now on, when I write a recipe out, mm -hmm. I'm writing instead of 30 to 35, I'm doing I'm doing 27 to 30 to 39 minutes or something like that. Anyway, that being said, uh sitting there and I and she and I was like, why, why, what's up with that? And she's like, listen, some people just you know, they say that it's a metabolism thing. If you got high metabolism, like, well, if I had high metabolism, old daddy wouldn't have this gut that he's got right now. And, uh, and then she says, another thing, redheads. They have to reshoot up redheads in the middle of an operation because they just don't take Novocaine. Really? I, she said, I didn't think it was true. But then I became, you know, the dentist and started doing this stuff and redheads. I don't know. She's like, I don't know what it is, but they just suck that Novocaine up and it's like nothing ever happened. Very interesting. Yeah. How about them? How about that? Wow, man. Who knew? Uh, I, I, people say a lot of things about gingers, but I'll tell you, I've never heard that hey, one before. Can I tell you how hard it was for me not to say the word ginger when I was in the doctor's office today and she was talking about redheads? Is that bad? Is that a bad thing? Oh, I have no idea, but I make a lot of jokes and I say a lot of things while I'm in the dentist's office, but I do everything I can not to get like, I don't want to get, uh, I don't know what the word is. I don't know. I, I say the, I, I say, yeah, I don't want to get canceled. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> I say, I say uh, funny PG stuff. I don't know where ginger falls in that nature. I don't, I don't know if ginger is like, I mean, I know they're not a race. But are, is that being prejudiced against a hair color? I feel like I don't want to be prejudiced either. But ginger is yeah. kind of funny. Yeah, I don't know. I've, 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 I hope it's not wrong. I, I just watched I've, Whiskey Ginger is a podcast that I watch sometimes. I just watched an episode of that today. It's uh, Andrew Santino is a comedian. He's a redheaded comedian. It's his own podcast. That's what he named yeah, it. Yeah, but you can say it about yourself, man. Hey, listen, you know how that works. You can say it about yourself, right? Like toeheads. Like, I don't know. Are you allowed to call a, a little blonde? little blonde headed kid a toe head i don't know i feel like if i'm a is that what you said you ain't never heard that toe head toe head i've never heard that i don't think i was a toe head when i was a kid your brother joey was a toe head just i don't think you kids? were just little blonde haired kids yeah huh no idea where I've, it came from i've been living under a rock or something yeah a little toe head 
Yeah, I was a little tough. I don't, but I see. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like because I was a toehead, I can say <laughs> I can call other people toeheads. That's weird. Why toe? I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I understand that one. I gotta. I gotta tell you, bro. I have zero idea. I feel like I've looked this up before about toeheads and and couldn't <laughs> find out why they call them that. But I call my son a toehead every opportunity I get. When I'm describing him to people, I'm like, yeah, a little toehead said this to me. You believe he said that? And I just say it just because I love to say the word toehead. Yeah, a little wow. toehead. You believe he said that? I got to yeah. I gotta listen out for that. I, I, maybe I have to Google it or uh, check check hashtag toehead on Twitter or something and see if it's a, see if it's a bad thing. Well, if you want to go on Twitter and you want to talk and you want to look up something about a guy who's not a toehead, we should go into our first segment of the day and talk about Mr. Kyrie Irving. Never want, well, first off, he wasn't going to talk to the media at all this year, which we all realized didn't happen. Uh, and then, you know, the mass thing, I got to tell you something. My son, the toehead, has a pair of Kyrie's, right? He's had, this is his third pair of Kyrie Irving shoes. I love this dude's shoes. I, I, Said it before, I think he's the most most clutch shooter in the game. I think if you give that man the ball at the end of the game, I'd give it to him over anyone in the NBA. I've said it a million times. But when this dude gets on the mic, some stuff that comes out of his mouth, holy cow. I don't know what to think. That being said, flat earth and all, he had a comment the other day that was – uh more than uh, insightful or make you think. I don't know what the word is, but it really make you think. Oh, was that my cue? <laughs> no, I, I was. I was just. I was just. I was just stopping to say, oh, what does Adam think? Sorry, right. what do you <laughs> no. think? I'm sorry. Um, I, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about, and I, you know, I, I want to be careful because I feel like I'm. I don't want to feel like I'm piling on Kyrie here. I and he he said. Uh, he said a lot uh, about his idea and uh, well, we should just listen to it and then we can talk about it. Let's listen to it and then we'll talk about it. So as Adam, Oh, that was quick. Ooh, started to share the screen mm. and he's moving the uh -huh. mouse around and play. The example that has been set by that man, um, 17 years old, you're drafting guys, even, younger now guys that are coming out of uh different places and he was the standard for our generation and he will continue on and I, I want that to be something in history that is changed forever that our generation was part of that change and um you know if that means that i have to lead that forward and get the conversation going then great but uh you know, I think he deserves it. I think his family deserves it. I think we deserve it as seeing greatness personified as Mamba. So he's talking about this. It was, is it was a little is a little soft. Yeah. But if you couldn't pick it up, go ahead and tell us what it was about. No, no, it was uh, just Kyrie basically having the idea that he, he wants to see the NBA logo changed to Kobe. Not necessarily not a specific picture or anything, but but make the NBA logo a silhouette of Kobe from whatever picture you find that seems to be the best one. He thinks it should be Kobe, and he for those reasons that he just said. So basically, he's saying what he stood for, uh, and and he 
he had a little bit extra to say before before that clip we played and then went on a little after too and it was you know um, a lot of it was about uh, you know so many so many young black players in the league or, or kids growing up that are you know in, starting with his generation specifically that Kobe was kind of the guy that that they looked for looked after for I'm not saying it nearly as well as he is but hopefully you heard the the clip but he's saying like this is the guy that we looked up to because the how he carried himself how he thought the game through what he you know how he uh just what he represented um is something that he he wants that to be the model he wants that to be the logo, which we all know Jerry West uh, is is the logo, the, a picture of Jerry West, you know, coming off a screen or turning a corner, doing whatever he's doing with dribbling basketball. That's the NBA logo. Okay, so I believe this is going to be a generational thing for as long as we all shall live. From Jerry West, there was no question of this that I ever knew of until Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan retired and the jump man was thought to be, you know, was talked about for it has been talked about since the early 2000s about being the NBA logo. Well, that generation that grew up through the 90s, that was the guy. So they wanted him to be the jump, they wanted that to be the NBA logo. We've talked about it on this podcast. Should Michael Jordan be the NBA logo? Well, it's a different, a new generation is coming in and something horrific happened to one of the greatest players that lived through that generation. One of the, one of the, the most Michael Jordan-esque player that you could find in that generation of Kobe Bryant. And, and tragically dies, it, it's going to bring up a lot of things that normally wouldn't bring be brought up if this dude was alive. That's all I'm going to say. I don't think we're talking about this if Kobe Bryant is alive today. That is the only reason I would say no to Kobe Bryant being the logo. I still believe that it's Jordan. Jordan is, Jordan is the epitome of everything. If you're going to change the logo, it's you got to negotiate that thing through Nike and figure out a way to get the jump man to be the logo. That's, I don't see any other way around it. I understand where he's coming from because this is personal for him and it's personal for us. That's why I feel the way I do. Right. So um, when I first heard this, I immediately was scuffing this thing off like I do with a lot of Kyrie stuff. And I started thinking about it. So I understand where he's coming from. I appreciate where he's coming from. If they took like a Kobe fadeaway jumper and put that on the logo, which I believe that's really the only standout thing. Like, like uh, uh, LeBron has his one-handed, one-handed dunk, right? That is LeBron. Shaq had the two-hand. LeBron has his, you could, you could put that into a silhouette, the LeBron dunk that he does all the time. That's, that would be LeBron's logo. You've got Michael with the jump, man. The only thing I could think of that Kobe did so consistently was that little fadeaway jumper. And, and I feel like that you could, 
put as the logo. If they did it, would I be mad? No, I gonna be mad. Do I think they should? I'm going to go with no. I'm pretty much on the same page with you. Uh, when he first said this, everybody started talking about it and it was almost, it was just as much, whether it was a yes or no about Kobe, it just as much as that it made everybody start saying, but if not Kobe, who, and it kind of was a conversation. And then most people talked about Jordan, like you said, and um, you know, I, I, I'm sure other people brought up a few other, a few other players, but honestly, it's, you know, it, but let's be honest, who, who else? Yeah. Who else is there? I mean, who else is there that you would even think about that? Unless you just put the number 100 up there and put Wilt Chamberlain because uh, yesterday or Monday was the, was a Monday or Tuesday? Was it yesterday? One was the, the was the anniversary of when Wilt Chamberlain scored 100 points in a game. That's and right. I wish I meant to, I wanted, I, I, as I was listening to all this, I wanted to talk to you about it and maybe make that part, make that a segment. I didn't think about it until just now. Wilt Chamberlain, the statistics that he put up, just individual statistics, individual game, individual season statistics that that man put up. You could easily, we talk about Kareem being one of the greatest. We talk about Michael. We talk about, we talk about Kobe. We talk about LeBron. Talk about anybody you want. Will Chamberlain's always in that conversation, but you don't ever hear anybody just hands down, Will Chamberlain's the best. The individual records that guy had, you just put a hundred down. That guy did some things, assist. He led, he led the league in assists per game for a season, for like three seasons, I think. I can't remember. It was either one or – he's the only player over seven foot to ever lead the league in assists in a game, in assists per game. Like, just silly stuff like that. Way back when he was averaging 50 points a game for a month, he averaged 50 points a game for a month three times. Yeah. That's – insane it is his top so he had 100 points in that game he had 25 rebounds by the way in that game uh but his highest scoring games after that 78 points 43 rebounds in a game 73 points 36 rebounds 73 points 14 rebounds 72 points 18 rebounds and 70 points 18 rebounds so he had uh 100 points and then he had 70 or more five times um so, and you know, you can go through almost every record. There, there's one more. There's one more that needs to be said okay. before, before we do anything else. He holds a record for most rebounds in a game. It's like 54 or something like that. I want to say it's 54. I'm pretty sure it's 52 or 54. The opposing center, you think, oh, well, yeah, it was a bunch of little tiny dudes that he played against. The opposing center in that game, that was against the Boston Celtics and Bill Russell. Yeah. Paul, yep. Hold on for that for a second. Will Chamberlain holds the record for most rebounds in a game. And when he did it back in the 50s or 60s, whenever the heck he played, I could it was, I guess the 60s. When he did it, you're thinking, oh, well, he was seven foot. Everybody else was terrible. He did that against Bill Russell. Yeah. That's all I got. I, I, I'm, I might start 
saying that Will Chamberlain is the best player to ever play the game of basketball. Uh, you're not going to get a lot of a lot of pushback on that. I don't think. I mean, some people will, but um, he has. You can easily find numbers to support that, and that is it's one of the oldest arguments against Wilt. I guess you could say is the competition he played against and how big he was. It's not really, I, I mean, I don't think the competition was nearly as bad as a lot of people think it was. And yeah, he was seven, one or whatever at a time where seven, one was like very, very rare. It's like eight foot. Yeah. But he, he didn't, I mean, he played against other good players though. It's not like he, and he, he was just that, not just that big, but he was the, one of the most athletic players to ever play basketball still to this day as athletic as everybody is in this game, Wilt Chamberlain could play in today's game for without quite. I mean, he is today's and, and best player. Exactly. And be an all-star and MVP caliber type player every single year. Yeah. I don't know how we just got into this. <laughs> I, I, I will totally take the blame for taking this off the road because in my head, I was thinking who else it could be, who else you could put on the logo. And I just said, put the number 100 on there. I will take the blame for throwing this thing off the rails. It could definitely be Will. It could definitely be Michael. It could be Kobe. It could be Bill Russell because uh, he has the most championships. It could be a. It could be a bunch of guys. But here's would the, you be upset if it was LeBron? If they decided LeBron when he retires, they decided to make him the logo. Would you be mad? No. Good. No. Program. But here's the thing. The logo right now is not Jerry West because of anything Jerry West accomplished. He's one of the best players of all time, but it has nothing to do with Jerry West. Jerry West has specifically said he wishes he was not the logo. He does not want to be the logo. He's very open for change um, because he's gotten more attention because he's the logo than anything else. Although he was like, I already said it, but I don't know about that. I feel like he gets, I think he gets just as much attention for being a player, being an amazing front office executive and other stuff that he's done since I, I don't think he gets all, I think he gets more for the other stuff than the logo. I think he gets more questions about the logo or he gets more, more people say something to him about being the logo than anything else. Unless it's like local publications talking when he's working in cities. Right, right, right. Or whatever. But he, he, he's like, I'd never wanted to be the logo. They just chose, they just found a picture that worked out and it was my silhouette. It wasn't, it's not a picture of him. That's the thing. Like these aren't exactly. And and so he's like, "I, I don't care. Like, I don't, yeah, change it if you want to. I don't, you know. So Jerry West has no issue with it. And, it, and it's not, it has nothing to do with Jerry West. It's not Jerry West on the logo now because of anything, because of him. Um, so I, because of that, I don't, I don't know. It, it just, I started, I started thinking about all the, oh, well, it has to be Michael, right? If you're going to change it, it's got to be Michael. He's widely considered the best ever. And, you know, but, First of all, the Jumpman logo, you will never, ever, it'll never be that because of all the legal stuff you'd have to go through to nope. make it work. And billions, billions of dollars would have to be exchanged from the NBA to Nike to get that. Billions with a B. And so it'll never be that. So, I mean, could it be like another picture of Michael? Sure. There's a lot of different things, but it could be a picture of anybody. It could be a picture of uh, uh, Billy Donovan played a couple of years in the NBA. 
you know, and you could, it could be a picture of him. If you find a good picture of a guy playing basketball and it works out, the silhouette works out. Great. Uh, Jack Sigma. Uh, I say do, I say do what the NBA or do what major league baseball has done and just take the most generic exact circle of a head, the exact half circle and line of a helmet uh, but do that with a basketball player. And I don't know what, what, what uh, position he's doing. Make it a defensive position. Arms out. You know what I mean? Arms out in a squat. That's the uh, – from like a side angle. That's what, the, um, that's what the new NBA logo should be. A stick figure with his arms out playing defense. <laughs> stick Make everybody fun. happy. Make everybody happy. Yeah, I, that's, that's the thing I'm getting to. You don't need it. It doesn't need to be changed. I get what Kyrie's saying. It's more of a personal thing for him. I think you you mentioned that it's it's a generational thing, and it's specifically a personal thing for him because he was close with Kobe and everything, um, and that was his mentor and all that. And he says that, but um, I, I mean, players are going to have their opinions about that. I, I think LeBron 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 spoke up about having years ago about having number twenty three retired throughout the NBA because of Jordan. Yep. And, yep. you know, it didn't happen, but it, it's, you know, there was a big kind of the same kind of debate with this back then with that. It, it just sure you can do it if you want. You don't it's not necessary. I don't think uh, just like changing the logo is not necessary. It, it would make sense. It, I, I, don't, I wouldn't have a problem with it um, and I wouldn't have a problem whether it's Kobe or anybody else. Um, so I, I I'm fine either way. I, I don't think that, I mean, I'm going to go out on a lot of money. It costs a lot yeah, of was, That's exactly what I was just about to say. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's never going to change because anybody that they want to change it to has a deal with something or with someone in their silhouette, their uh, likeness is going to cost the NBA too much money to change. It will be Jerry West for our lifetime. Probably. And I wasn't even thinking that I was thinking what it, what it would cost to change every single thing the NBA is involved in merchandise, every advertising thing, every, every single thing that's ever printed regarding the NBA has the NBA logo on that. And to have every piece of that changed is yeah, but you're not like you. I, that's no big deal. What are you changing? I mean, if you're just going from here on, this is the logo. You're not like you going back logo, in time and changing, like like going and and calling anyone that's got an NBA jersey and saying, "I need you to I need you to bring your jersey back so I can unstitch this and stitch this back in." You're just going from here on out. The, the that price I don't think would affect anything. No, but every piece of signage in every arena and on every billboard. Oh, I okay. Sign, that all has to be changed. Every single yeah. thing has to be changed, and you're not yeah. gonna you're not gonna just be okay with the old stuff just being out for a little while or whatever for a year changing, or two it's until changing, it's time to change. It's it. got to yeah. all be changed right away. So, um, anyway, that's kind of what I was thinking. You're right, especially if it's somebody with uh, you know living and. Or even Co. I mean, his his family probably would get a bunch of money. I'm sure Kobe Kobe's family would if they changed it. But anyway, um, absolutely. 
I'm fine if they change it. Not necessary. I kind of hope they just keep it this way. Yeah. Like I'm with you. You know who I think they should change it to? I think they should change it to Larry Bird shooting a three-pointer. Speaking of Larry Bird shooting a three-pointer. Hmm. Winner of the first three three-point contests. Exactly. I believe he walked in. Was it the his second or was it his third? Where he walked into the he walked into the into the locker room and said, "What's up, guys? So who's coming in second today?" Yep, yep, yeah. There are a lot of different versions of that, but yes, that that's that's what happened. That was my yeah. That was my my keep it clean, Larry Bird version. <laughs> yeah, uh, yep. I don't know. He won the first three, and then uh, there are a lot of repeat champions, except for the last like. 10, 15 years, but for the first, he won three, then Craig Hodges won three. And, um, I forget Dale Ellis won one in there somewhere. And then a a few other guys won like two or three in a row. And then it started getting, you know, every, every year. Cause it was for a while, it was hard to get, I don't know. The three point contest is the one that usually gets the best actual shooters. Usually. Exactly. And that's not always the case with the dunk contest and the skills challenge and that kind of thing. But it used to be with the dunk contest. Now, when the, when the dunk contest started and the three point contest started, it was the best there was at both of them. Mm-hmm. And the three point contest continued. Maybe not so much even to today, where you, you mean Steph's not doing every single one. You're not getting Steph and Clay in them all. They're letting the younger guys do it, but but even still, they did one or two, right? They all they all were in a couple. Whereas LeBron's never been involved in a dunk competition, That's and right. when you take one of the most ferocious dunkers, it's because it, let's be honest, when you're dunking uh, these dunks that these guys do, if you go back and watch the dunk competition for years, the guys that win the dunk competition are the ones that just beat up the rim right they're 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 angry dunkers they do something phenomenal but when they do it they throw it down they hang on the rim and do something crazy vince carter elbow in the rim vince everything vince carter did when he when he threw it down he it was it, it was powerful right there's power behind it there's been a lot of really good dunkers in the dunk competition that are just like finesse dunkers that could do all kinds of crazy stuff, but it's an easy dunk. And everybody's, if you make it look too easy, it's not always a good thing. Yeah. I, I think Vince had the perfect, cause I think he's easily the best dunker of all time. And I think he had the perfect combination of power and finesse. Cause he, he made it look really smooth too. He would dunk yeah. it hard, but he would make it, make it look smooth. Um, and some guys, you're right. Uh, some guys just try to just go up and that's their dunk, dunking it as hard, cocking it back and dunking it as hard as they can or whatever. That's not mm-hmm. a dunk contest dunk, you know, and then some guys, yeah, do the, uh, you know, you had, I think it was Dwight Howard, uh, won one of them when he, he was, his hand was two feet away from the rim when he dunked it, he threw it through <laughs> and, uh, threw it in. Blake Griffin did the same thing. Uh, uh, Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin, worst, worst ending dunk in the history of the dunk contest jumping over the car a car that's driven underneath the rim underneath the basket he that was the easy every single every person that's been in the dunk competition since it started could have did that dunk (laughs) spud webb you name 
anyone that's ever been in a dunk competition could have done that dunk. I remember watching that and going, what did he just do? He didn't do anything. He just, he just jumped up over top of a car and then had to be careful landing because the car was almost directly underneath the basket. Like yeah, the, hood, do the hood of the car, by the way. <laughs> yes, that's all. It wasn't like he jumped the length of the car. Right. The car was sideways, not long ways. It was sideways. He only jumped over the hood, which is what, five feet? You got to jump. You stay start from that farther. And you Anybody that jumps a foot and a half or two feet inside the inside the free throw line is harder than that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Sorry. We get in dunk competition stuff and I get, I can get excited because also too, while we're at it, before we go into who's in them, because we're going off the rails all over the place today. We're, we're, we're in this thing 20 minutes or so, 30 minutes. Let's just say this best dunk, dunk competition of all time. And I don't know the years. So talk about the dunks. What is your favorite dunk competition of all time? Is it Vince's the year where he did the between the legs, did the elbow and from behind the rim that, that, that year, what's your favorite year of dunks ever? Easily that one. It was, it was two, it was, it was either 2000 or 2001. And it was easily that year by far the best performance in a dunk contest. Maybe not the best. It, it was a really good one too. Cause Tracy McGrady did some really good dunks too. In that, Yes, one. he did. Um, Who was it? It was Carter that did it where he threw it off the side of the backboard. Then went between the legs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And other guys have done that since, but um, that was like the first matter. time we saw almost all those and the one he came from behind the backboard and did like that was awesome. Whatever reverse three sixty or whatever that reverse that reverse three sixty with the windmill that yeah. was one of my favorite dunks. I'm going to tell you right now the uh, Levine Gordon that year when Gordon jumped over. Literally, you see people jumping over people all the time and they're putting a hand on a back and doing things like that. When he jumped over the mascot and put the ball underneath him basically around his uh, underneath his butt with his legs out that Levine Gordon dunk competition the best duel i've ever seen in my life in the dunk uh, by far by far um, Vince Carter greatest dunker in any dunk competition to ever even step foot onto hardwood court but that duo, that duel that those boys had at the end, when they gave that to Zach Levine and he's like, man, uh, the uh, Aaron Gordon, not, like this is ours. Like I, I, I can't accept this. There's no way I can accept this. That like what we both did now was insane. You had to give them all tens. You couldn't not give them all tens. He only won because he had like a he had a he had a nine and what's his name had an eight on like their first dunk. Like it went back to an original. Like come on, that was insane. Anyway, yeah, yep. Uh, that that was a really good that was a really good dunk contest. So we got to get into this year's dunk contest though. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. The, the names here are not gonna blow your socks off, uh, but they're first of all there are only three guys in the dunk contest. Um, because this has to be done at halftime. This is being done at halftime of the all-star game on Sunday. 
Uh, so I guess they got to make it quick. So they got three guys. They got two guys that are really, really good jumpers that I'm excited about seeing. And then one guy who's, who can dunk, who, who, who played one year in college and was player of the year at a small school near where we are and uh, dunked all the time. And he's athletic and big and that kind of thing, but he just doesn't look like one of those uh, dunk contest dunkers to me. But so first we have Cassius Stanley uh, plays for the Pacers uh, from Duke. He's rookie. And uh, he has like a 40 at Duke. He recorded like a 46 inch vertical leap, uh, which rank among the all time vertical leaps in NBA history. Uh, Obi Toppin is the guy we were talking about. He played at Dayton, University of Dayton, now with the Knicks. And then Anthony Simons uh, plays with the Portland Trailblazers. I think he is in his second year. And uh, he's another guy who's who's kind of a guard, one of those like six seven, six eight, six nine guards, super athletic guy. Uh, probably needs you know ha- needs some development like uh, like Cassius Stanley, similar to him. So. Those three guys, Cassius Stanley, Obi Toppin, Anthony Simons, who do you have winning the dunk contest? Okay, so now that I see these three names, uh, I didn't really do too much in uh, looking into this before we did the podcast. But as I look at these guys, I do remember watching ESPN the other night, and they showed a few highlights of all three of these guys. They were talking about the dunk competition because all of them had dunks in the games they were in. Uh, Obi Toppins was a alley-oop, uh, which just looked like an alley-oop. Uh, Cassius Stanley did something from the corner, uh, where he jumped from, you know, it seemed like 12 feet away. I'm going to go with Cassius Stanley just because if I remember those three dunks, just the ones from the other night, cause I have no idea. So I'm taking Cassius Stanley. Okay. You're going to be disappointed because I already had my mind marked uh, Cassius Stanley as well. Nope. I'm taking Anthony Simmons. Nope. Nope. I'm taking, nope. I'm taking Anthony Simmons. Well, you picked first. So if we have to pick different, then I have to pick different. No, no, that's not true. We don't, we don't have to pick different. That's (laughs) why I am picking different. (laughs) Okay. I, I think we could both pick Cassius Stanley because we don't have a bet on this one. We decided we don't have to bet on everything. No. Yes. I we mean, did. We'll, we'll, we'll check next week and see who was right for, you know, yeah. whatever bragging rights or whatever, but uh, okay. So you're going to, you're going to go with Anthony Simons. Okay. All right. Always go right, with your so gut. That bring- Always go with your gut. Yeah. You know that, but yeah, right. well, that's, yeah, you're probably right. So, Before we get into my favorite contest, which is the three-point contest, which has some studs in it, to be quite frank, um, I want to talk about the skills competition because for my life, the skills competition – no, the three-point competition is my favorite. The skills competition is fun. Because there's usually some big guys in there that that are that are doing it at the same time. You know, guys that are 6'10, 6'11, uh, 6'12, 6'13, 6'14, uh, all different sizes of six foot and above. <laughs> and it's fun for me to see guys like in this year, you got uh, Nikola Vuce, Vucevic. Did I say that right? Uh, who else in here is a big boy? 
Julius Randle's in there. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis is in there. One, two, three. So we got four. Four. We got three guards slash forwards and, and and four forwards slash centers. Is that correct? Like, Power like forward. One legit point guard. That's uh, it. A couple of guys who are kind of in between. Like Luka Doncic is, is considered a point guard now, but he is? You don't think yeah. He was Luca is a point guard, and if you go on to fantasy basketball, he's considered a one. Uh, I don't know about I don't know in fantasy or not, but if I go into fan, that's how I look at it. If I go onto a fantasy basketball team, I've got a guy who's going to be. I feel like Luca is a small forward, and like that's all that they would allow him to be. But they're going to give him plays point guard for the Mavericks. But yeah, well, so does LeBron James, but right. LeBron's not a point guard. Right. Uh, I, I've I've seen uh, – maybe it was just on one of those lists that you see on every day on, like, you know, Instagram or something that's that says who are the best point – you know, it has, like, six pictures or something, Who who's the best point guard in the league, and he was on one of those. So I'm like, oh, we're just calling Luka Doncic a point guard now. Maybe it was on something yeah. like that. But, yeah. That's like calling – that's like calling uh, James Harden a point guard for, for the – for the Brooklyn Nets because he's he been the point guard lately, but it's Kyrie Irving's the point guard on that team. But James Harden has been, you know, basically playing that. So has LeBron James for years has been playing point guard for whatever team he plays for, but he's going to be a small forward for his entire life. That's why, that's why positions are, are, I don't know. Just, they're just not, in, not in, valid in, anymore. I don't think within a few years, well, they already switched, right? Like, go 15 years ago it was point guard shooting guard small forward power forward center now it's front court and back court well no not quite but then you went to one two three four five right you had numbers right every i feel like i feel like it went away from that even though those numbers still related to that position it became numbers whether it was easy or not but then I could say, well, he'll play, he can play the two or the three, right? He can play the three or the four, or he can guard the two, three, or four, or he can guard the five or whatever. And things started getting a little more vague when you got in the numbers. But it's like you said, now it's basically become a front court, back court. And even in that case, KD plays both. So, I mean, KD literally, Anthony Davis could play any position on the on the court if he wanted to. He literally came up in high school as a point guard or shooting guard, whatever, as a guard. And so maybe you just have guard forward and that's it. Because I don't even think you have centers anymore. I think they're just forwards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because so many people play small lineups anyway. So you have you have guys that, you know, you have six, five guys playing center now for some teams and, you know, Whatever. And then but, you have guys that are seven foot playing playing the two. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. I mean, you know, Dirk Nowitzki is you know in in some circles considered a, a power forward or for, or was for a while. He's the best shooter on the team every year he played. I mean, he was yep. he was a two really. You know. Yep. Um, yep. So anyway, all right. So we've got yeah we we've got a mix. Right, so of, so go into the skills. So let's figure out who we're going to take in the skills competition. Robert Covington. Uh, with the Trailblazers, Luka Doncic with the Mavericks, 
Chris Paul, the only actual point guard. When, when this skills competition came out, it was just point guards. Uh, Chris Paul, um, Julius Randle, who's had a phenomenal year with the Knicks. DeMontis Sabonis with, for the Pacers, who, I mean, that dude, I feel is like 6'9 or something, 6'10 and does everything. And then Nikola Vucevic who, for the Magic, who has become one of my favorite players. Yeah. You want me to go? I went last time, so this is you. Um, it, it's tempting to pick a big guy because they keep winning it lately. Constantly. Cat won it. Carl Anthony Towns won this just a few years ago. Yep. I mean, it's always big guys, it seems like, lately. But anyway, go ahead. I think I'm going Luka Doncic. It's so right. I, want to, I want to either pick a big guy or I want to pick Chris Paul because he's the only like real true guard. And he this is going to be his fifth time in this competition. He's never won it. So the problem is, is these big guys are they're so big and they can shoot so well and they're so strong that it's the half court shot or the I'm sorry, it's the three point shot. They're not even taking three point shots anymore. A lot of these guys are after they hit that pass and then go to the other side and hit that and hit the layup, they're just running down. And before they can get to that three, they're chucking it up. And these guys are so good at that. That's why I think Luca is a terrific pick in this. However, I'm going with Nikola, Nikola Vucevic. All righty. We got our skills competition. Moving on to the three point contest. Most exciting part. All right. We've got, like you said, this, uh, another really good, and, and some of these guys you might not even think about as shooters, but they are all really good three-point shooters, honestly. You have Devin Real Booker. Quick. Who, go ahead. Real quick, before we get into that, I want to say the dunk competition is at halftime. The skills competition in the three-point game is before the All-Star game. This happens prior to the All-Star game. So if you want to watch this, you need to get on – Sunday, like around 6, 6, 15, 6, 6 between 6 and 6.30. I think it starts at 6.30, but that's when all this stuff is going down. Mm-hmm. You've got to watch it before. Don't think that everything's happening at halftime because it's not just those three guys in the dunk competition. Get on beforehand. They'll do the skills competition first, three-point competition, then play the game, then dunk, then finish the game. So that being said, I apologize for interrupting like I – always do for you that was that was a good public service announcement you're right about that um all right so we got it was uh uh, devin booker steph curry jalen brown jason tatum zach levine and donovan mitchell are the participants in the three-point contest um I, i this is easy for me really easy for me as as good as all these guys are at shooting there's two there's only two in here that i would take yeah, I, and I know, and I know uh, we're we're thinking of the same too. Um, and I I'm with you. I, Devin Booker could could easily win this thing, but Steph Curry is the best three point shooter of all time to ever ever play in the NBA. So I there I just there's no reason for me to not select him. He's only won one out of the three he's been in. Best shooter of all time. I have to take him. I have no choice. That being said, uh, we were thinking about the same people because Devin Booker is the one who I truly believe is the only one that's even close to Steph Curry in this in this group. Zach Levine, I still don't get this Zach Levine thing, right? One of the one greatest of the, dunkers. He's turned one of the, himself into the, one of the best shooters in the league, one of the best three-point he shooters. Has, no, he has. But 
he's also been one of the greatest. I, I mean, I put him uh, not much lower than Vince Carter in dunk competition. The dunks he's done have been somewhat to find a guy who can do a creative dunk now is pretty insane. And that dude flies. Mm-hmm. And yet this is his second, maybe third three point competition. I know it's at least his second three point competition. That's he, that he's been in. I'm going to take Zach Levine and I'm going to put him down. Oh my God. No, I'm not. It's Devin Booker, dude. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I ain't stupid. If you're taking was, Steph, I'm taking Devin Booker. I was going to praise you for that because Zach, Zach Levine will not surprise me if he wins this competition. It will not surprise I, me. I, the reason I want to do it, though, is because I want somebody to have won a dunk competition and won a three-point competition. And I feel like if there's a guy that could do it, he'd have to do it now because it's not going to happen in, in five years. In five years, the three-point competition is going to be guys that do nothing but shoot threes. And that is it. And they're going to be so good at it that they, you're, we're going to see a perfect three-point competition in the next five years, a perfect round. I hope you're right. We will see, see a perfect bad. round. I want to see it bad. Um, that's more exciting to me than – well, it's more exciting when a guy gets to his last rack and his last couple shots are to win a round or it. to win the whole thing. That's the most And he exciting. knows it. Mm-hmm. And he knows it. When he's putting that last money ball up, and that thing's got to go. There is nothing better than just watching that thing go up. And either either way, if it goes in and to see and to, for that and to, and to see him hold that gooseneck at the top, I can't even do a gooseneck. To see him hold that gooseneck at the top, or to see him just hold it and then drop it in disappointment because he missed. <laughs> I love it so much. It's my I love it, and it's time. I know how long it's going to take. I don't have to worry about you making or missing three dunks before you make the, that dunk at the end. Yeah. In the dunk competition, if you don't make it on your second try, I don't think you should get another try. I'm with you. There's a lot of stuff. We've talked about this the last couple of years, but there's a lot of stuff wrong with the dunk competition. It's been broken for a long time. They've tried a few different but things. Some things have worked, though. There's been some good years. But you're right. It's been broke for a long time. Yeah, but excited about the skills challenge, excited, even more excited about the three-point contest. And you know what? These guys, especially Cassius Stanley and Anthony Simons, those could, they could be some really, really good dunks. And I just want to see something we haven't seen before. I want to see something great that we haven't seen before. I don't even care who wins. Just show me something different. Uh, I, I've, seen, I've seen you throw it. Uh, I've seen a teammate throw it against the side of the backboard, and you catch it and put it through your legs. Everybody can do the behind the back dunk now uh under the legs dunk i mean way more people can dunk now than they used to be able to and do different dunks so i want to see something special i want to see something different be unique be creative and uh make people excited to watch the dunk contest next year so two things on the dunk contest i want to see two different dunks and i believe we may have seen it already but has there been a standing, a standing uh, two foot jump? No, not running, just standing two foot between the legs, dunk. 
just two feet standing. I, cause I think that would be insane. That being said, I'd also love to see a running off one foot, 360 between the legs dunk. I feel like that's doable. Cool. Between the legs, 360. True 360. Like that's that. the thing. True Nobody does a true 360. So don't 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 get no. caught up in that. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be more of like a like a 210 when it comes down to it. Cause they almost all start a quarter of the way turn before they start their jump anyway. Half. Half, yeah. Um, yeah. uh, I, I feel like we've seen that sort of, I think we've seen that before. And I think all three of those guys can stand and do, because I, I forget which one it was, but I was watching videos earlier of all three of these guys dunking. And one of those guys did a, just standing still under the basket, jump between the legs dunk. I think it might've been Obi Toppin. Who, to do, but that's pretty insane. Two foot. Cause is. to jump off two feet is way more difficult than jumping off one foot. And to just stand still two foot between the legs. Okay, that'd be fun. So the other dunk that I want to see, and I just saw, I've been talking about this for years. And I realize how difficult it is because it's not a difficult dunk, right? I know that this is not a difficult dunk when I say this out loud. The difficulty is in not breaking your wrist before you dunk. But I've been talking about it for years. I want to see somebody do a cartwheel come up and as they get back to their feet, jump up and dunk. I want to see that ball in hand cartwheel. I saw it the other day. There was a guy in a college and on ESPN, it was on ESPN in a college basketball game. Uh, well, in a, in the warmups beforehand, did it in the, in the layup line. He did a cartwheel with the ball in his hand, which means you one hand on the ground, one hand on the ball on the ground. That's scary. Like you, that ball can go anywhere. And then come back up and jump and dunk immediately. And he did it in a warm-up dunk. That is the dunk I want to see. I don't think I've ever seen that before. I haven't either, but I don't think that's a good dunk contest dunk, to be honest with you. Because you're doing a cartwheel. That's the impressive part. But it's part. different. And when you stand up, you're just dunking the ball. All right. Well, you spin around and then try to go dunk. Yeah, I I I the cartwheels that would be a good one. I'm pretty sure that but it was the throwing throwing it up. I mean the Keeping doing the cartwheel with the ball in your hand, that's the definitely the most impressive part. I don't that's think I've the, seen that's the hardest part of it. Yeah. But then once you do the cartwheel, then you just jump up and dunk. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know. But uh anyway, then the dunk is nothing. Well, what about this? What if you stand with a bat half court and you spin around a bat with your nose on the bat <laughs> 10 times and then dunk? I want every single dunk to have to start with that. <laughs> That's what I want. That's, I can't get enough of that, dude. And I don't care what dunk contest or anything else. When anyone, when anyone does anything, starting with the nose on the bat spin around, just so funny. You've any you, college basketball, NBA TV timeout that you can possibly be at the game and be there while, when they have fans do that. Greatest thing ever. Uh, you are a fan of the show Impractical Jokers, are you not? absolutely i went to their comedy special when they went to uh right when they're at right state oh nice uh, i think my sister went and saw them live too she um, did right that it was it was not much before me but they did she didn't she wasn't at the same one i was at but she did go to one i did see it on okay. on the chat snap or the face tube or something 
Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> I think my favorite episode and my favorite thing they ever did was when Sal had to do that as a punishment. He had to, <laughs> I think it started out, <laughs> the whole thing was, so, I think he had to first put on these glasses that <laughs> like blocked the uh, bottom of your eyesight or something like that. Or, or yeah, like, made, like no, no, no. teach a kid how to dribble a basketball. Yeah, it wasn't, it was similar to that, but it wasn't that. It was like glasses you put on that shifted everything like to the right or left a little bit. Oh my God. So he had to be a, <laughs> he had to be a server and, and bring a pitcher of water and refill people's glasses at this restaurant, at this real restaurant, nice restaurant. And he had to wear these glasses first. <laughs> he was just pouring, <laughs> pouring stuff on tables. On people's <laughs> and then funnier than that, he, he put the glasses away and they brought them back behind this curtain and had them spin around a whole bunch of times and then had to had to carry a, a tray with the with the water pitchers and glasses of water and stuff on it had to carry that out to serve people and he didn't even make it he he, did, he like stood up and just fell over fell and right was, over and fell and like stumbled into a wall and it was just <laughs> i've i've never laughed harder at that show than that that scene so uh so please anything you can do to start <laughs> to start by spinning around a bunch of times i can't do that because i i cannot handle spinning at all but it's so funny to watch people have to do that everybody everybody knows me i will throw up after two times around a bat i'll yeah. throw up same same okay <laughs> so that was fun Let's go to our Mount Rushmore. Yeah. While we're talking about the NBA, I mean, it's an, it's been an all NBA the last couple of weeks. In fact, that reminds me, um, next week is conference tournaments. So we need to, uh, we, maybe, maybe we, uh, we jump out and see if there's depends on pending on when certain teams play on certain nights. If, if they can, seal deals on certain games maybe we can get certain people to do this podcast um before the conference tournaments or right when the conference tournaments are about to start that so, would certainly be great i will do what i can for that that being said now on to the nba an nba mount rushmore that i chose last week which is the greatest sacramento kings of all time that's right. That being said, Adam Schmidt, we made rules for the greatest Sacramento Kings. They're not the greatest Kings of all time. There's they're they're not the greatest. Um, wow, what are they called? Franchises that became Kings because Oscar Robertson would be there and and all and and yeah. all kinds of people. I could pull this stuff up and there's there's whole lists of people that I could have for that. Not that. You had this is only as a player for the Sacramento Kings. That's right. That being said, 85, 86. Okay. Yes. To now. To now. That being said, Adam Schmidt, I'm going to let you start with your. I'm trying to pull up my little website here, but I want you to start with your greatest Kings of all time. My greatest kings, uh, King Joffrey from uh, 
Your greatest Sacramento Kings. Oh, Sacramento Kings. Gotcha. Um, Mitch Richmond. I don't know if I can put a number one. If I had to put a number one. Is Mitch Richmond really your number one? Is he number one for you? I think Mitch Richmond would be my number one Sacramento King of all time. And and going into this, I didn't think that would be the case. But um, just looking at everything, he's first in field goals made. Uh, first in free throws made, second in three-point field goals made, first in points, second in points per game. Um, the their kind of version of war. Um, it's uh, yeah. It's Was that not weird? What did the the value above replacement? Value I've above replacement. never seen that before. Yeah, yeah. Um, that he, he's like you know one or two in a lot of things in franchise history. Um, so I'm going Mitch Richmond. I'm going the easy, the easiest one for me was Chris Weber. Um, even if he, his stats didn't hold up and I, I was honestly surprised that he wasn't higher on this list in some things um, in a whole lot of stats, yeah. a ton of them. I thought he'd be higher in points. I thought he'd be higher in rebounds, although he was up there in rebounds. I thought he'd be higher. I thought he'd be number one, to be honest. I thought he would be way higher in a ton of these stats, which he was not. Yeah. Um, but he is my favorite Sacramento King of all time. So, uh, and he was on, so the Sacramento Kings, 80, 85, 86 to 2020, 2021 season. That's what 17 years or 27 years or whatever. Um, 30, hold on 37 years, 37 years, <laughs> um, 36, 37 years, something like that. 36, 36. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm 37 right now. And I was born in 83. Right. So, so in that amount of years they've had, I think it was seven winning seasons, seven seasons with a winning record. Uh, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure Chris Weber was on all of those teams uh, or at least six of them or something like that. So it really turned around with that team. I talked about it last, last year, I think 99, 2000 was their first winning season. And then they, Two years after that or three years after that, they went to the Western Conference Finals and lost. I do not want to talk about it, Chris. I don't want to talk about that. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing um, it. <laughs> but he was – Chris Weber was third all-time in field goals made, second in rebounds, second in rebounds per game, first in points per game, not points, but points per game, um, third in blocks, uh, second in blocks per game, first in value above replacement, so Chris Weber, Mitch Richmond, the next guy who might actually. Oh, can, can I throw this out there real quick? Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Chris Weber. What is that weird thing that they had him? He's Went- so far and above the one thing he's so far and above everybody else. Uh, he was like three point. Maybe it was that. Maybe it was that. Oh, where was it? Here we go. Offensive box plus minus. I don't know what that is. No, not offensive. Just box plus plus minus. minus. That's what it is. I don't know what box plus minus is. But if you go into any stat and the best person ever to play for your your organization is a 4.0 and the next person is 2.9, I feel like actually 2.4 because Sam Lacey doesn't count. Doesn't count. Uh, so Mitch Richmond at 
if that's next, you're almost double as good. I don't know what Fox plus minus is. Chris Weber, hands down the best ever. Yeah. In that. That's right. Um, so, and it's one of those things I, I don't, I can't explain it either, but it's one of those things like you see plus minus is one of the more mainstream stats. Now, when you look at uh, a box score for basketball um, and when you're, it's, a, it's more about like your, your team's points when, uh, or, or, or uh, let's see your team's points versus their team's points when you're on the, when you're on the floor. Right. Something That's like how that. I see it. But I don't know a box plus minus is. Yeah. I, I think it's like a more comprehensive, like it's a whole formula plus minus, I think. And, and, and I, I think just your, your positive contributions versus your negative contributions or whatever. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to stop because I, I can't explain it, but um, <laughs> the, <laughs> Uh, Weber, like you said, was, was at the top there. Uh, the third guy is another guy who I think you could probably, when you look total where he ranks among these guys, um, I, I could probably put him as actually the best uh, Sacramento King ever, just where he ranks with everything. It's DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins. I, what, here's the deal. Before you started that, and before you said I could rank him as the best, I was thinking there's only one dude that was at the top of so many categories that you could not, you could not disregard. And it was DeMarcus Cousins. But the only other person left on here that you would have chosen was either Mike Bibby or Peja Stoyakovich. So I knew you weren't talking about either of them because they were only at the top of very few categories. So I'm interested in number four. I already know who it is because he was one of your favorite players. He was one of your favorite players uh, throughout the late nineties, early two thousands, just of, of all of all time in the, in, if you took a five year span, I say Peja Stoyakovich might have been your favorite player for at least two out of seven years during that span of time. That being said, did you choose Mike Bibby? Chose Peja Stoyakovich. Of course you did. <laughs> uh, look, third all-time in points, first in three-point <laughs> goals made, which, you know, it's just a uh, what's happening in the game today is Buddy Healed is in his third, third or fourth year as a Sacramento King. And yeah. next year, he's going to pass Pajakovich. He is second in three-pointers made in Sacramento Kings history. So, yes. uh, but but Peja, uh, best free throw percentage. Uh, first in win shares. Win shares is another one that is sort of a comprehensive thing that puts a value on a guy. Um, but he, he had, because he stayed there, after Weber left, after they, I think he was there a couple of years after they kind of that team that Weber, Bibby, you know, Doug Christie, those guys, that team kind of faded out and guys started leaving and stuff. Stojakovic stayed a couple more years and he, you know, was still firing up a bunch of three pointers on bad teams. But so he, he was, he was at near the top of almost all the shooting, the shooting categories, but not really anything else. 
um, except win shares, win shares, uh, you're there to win games. So um, that's right. That, and he was, and he shared, he shared in a lot of those. Wins. He shared, he shared in a lot of wins and uh, in third in the value above replacement. So the top four guys, the top four Sacramento Kings in value above replacement ended up being my four guys. So <laughs> as much as this sucks, <laughs> I chose the exact same four. I had Mike Bibby in a lot. He's the only other player that I wrote down. The okay. I didn't write any other player down. I wrote Mike Bibby. I've got I've got Weber, Peja, Demarcus Cousins, Mitch Richmond, Space, Mike Bibby. Uh, yeah, the other guy I have Bibby down. The other guys I had written down that I wanted to get more statistical support from that I just didn't see was Vlade, Jason Williams. Uh, Reggie Vlade Kane. was only in there in one category, and that was in – was it defensive rebounds or offensive rebounds? But there was only like one or two categories. He was even in the top five, and it was it. Mm-hmm. He was in almost nothing, but he played so many years with the Lakers that that his – elder years with the Kings they were good but they just weren't it wasn't the bulk of his career he was he was up there he was like fourth in blocks um that's all I had written down for him but anyway I had (laughs) Vlade I had Bibby I didn't write much down for those other guys but uh Vlade Bibby I wrote down Jason Williams because he, he might be the most exciting he was probably the most exciting player that ever wore a Sacramento Kings jersey, right? Um, and one of the more chocolate players, yeah. Uh, but uh, a couple of the older guys from when they first became the Sacramento Kings was Reggie Theus and LaSalle Thompson that I uh, that I wrote down. Reggie Theus was way up there in like assist, I'm, some of the assist stuff. And yeah. LaSalle Thompson. I'm glad you wrote. I'm glad you wrote blocks. both. I'm glad you wrote both those guys down because nobody knows who they are. Nobody cares who they are. Um, that being said. <laughs> Jason Williams. Can I tell you a story about People Jason heard. Williams? Yeah. One of my favorite. No, no. Nobody's no. heard of either of them. No, nobody has. You haven't even yes. heard of them until you read all this stuff. No, 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 no. I've heard. No, LaSalle. I, I remember Reggie Theus and LaSalle Thompson mostly from like collecting cards, but yeah. Uh, but I, I knew who they were. I know what Reggie Theus looks like. I know, I know what both those guys look like. But and Reggie Theus, I remember him being a good player, but. Those were the other two guys that I wrote down because they were right. in enough top tens. As your average NBA player, or maybe even slightly below average, I don't know what I would consider myself. No idea. No idea who either of those two guys are. Oh. Me, myself, and I. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, Jason Williams, favorite story about Jason Williams, this dude broke into a high school gym when he was in college. I don't know if he broke into it, but he, he goes into a high school gym when he's in college and he puts a he tapes a square on the wall and just throws around the back passes at the square for an hour and a half from either with either hand. It's the only the only person I've ever heard of or seen do that that I can ever even think of, because that's not something that you like go out and. All right, let's get really good at the behind the back pass. Like people do it, but nobody practices it that hard. Yeah. I, I think guys practice it, but not. Yeah. I, I heard the same story. Um, 
Jason Kidd. It, it kind of reminded you of some of the stories of um, of Pistol Pete Maravich. Sure. Like, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. The flashiness. Yeah. But he would practice that kind of stuff, though. And uh, so, yeah. But but you know, it, it is it, it, those guys played that way because they practice that more, that kind of stuff more than most others. Um, so yeah, he was exciting to watch, but we had the same Mount Rushmore. I know you don't like That's that. That's a bummer. That was such a bummer. <laughs> I was, I was a slightly excited when I came up with the randomness of that Mount Rushmore and now I'm super disappointed. So that being said on to bigger and better things. There's a fellow named Brian Regan that's been in the comedy game for a very long time. He came out with a post-COVID, or should I say uh, during COVID? I don't even know what to call it. A, a, during. a COVID comedy special. Mm-hmm. Pretty big place they were in. There was quite a few empty seats, but there was also quite <laughs> a few people if you look at the big spectrum when they go back there's a bunch of empty seats but they're bulked together like it looked like a bunch of people sitting together and then some big clumps of empty seats so i don't know if they sold them in like groups right like like bubble groups you know what i mean like like groups of 10 or whatever you want to call it but uh everyone had masks on super uh, and he did not do a lot of covid jokes which i liked I was so happy that he could get into a COVID spiel and not get into COVID jokes. Um, I I, I think I could go for COVID jokes if they're done the right way. We did, uh, what's his name, did the rooftop stuff. Did a few COVID jokes that were pretty good. Sam Morrell was really good. Uh, So anyway, Brian Regan, uh, before I start just going ranting ranting off about it, I'm going to let you – I've got a few notes here, so I'll, but I'll let you go first. What did you think about Mr. Brian Regan and his new white hair? Specifically about the white hair. It threw me off at first. Um, the, and it's, it's funny. He did it. He did it. He did it right. Cause he addressed it right up top. And he said, a- because immediately, because <laughs> he said, you won't listen to anything I say for the first 20 minutes. If I don't talk about this right now. <laughs> <laughs> and he was right. Um, cause I was, I was, I was staring at that thing and I didn't realize until after I saw it. And after, after I saw a clip the other day of it's, it was a clip of Brian Regan in a, in a comedy, um, in a comedy club doing a set. It said Brian Regan, 1990, 32 years old. I was like, what? He was 32 and 90. So he's 62 years old. I did not realize. He's 62 years old. He's 62. Um, wow. Yeah. And, and I didn't realize that until I saw that clip. And then I'm like, okay, the white hair makes a little more sense now. Although last time I saw him, he didn't have any, I mean, he had very little white hair and mutton chops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, it was, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's just what it is. He, uh, I don't know if he was, he said it was just like, it just hit, like it just hit him harder during COVID or something like that. I don't know if that's a real thing. And then he, well, then he got into the hair color aisles and all that. Makes so maybe you think he was that there was a, there was a period of time where he was getting some color going 
and old boy just finally let it all hang out. That must be it. As um, gray as he was, that didn't just all of a sudden happen. I'm just going to tell you right yeah. now. As a man who's getting gray every single day, you can't tell from this podcast, but who's getting more and more gray every – I ain't got the sides yet. That's what's got me feeling good. My sides aren't, aren't cracking. That's when you know it's about to go. When the sides start hitting, you're going to be Jim Schmidt before you know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, well, you, you become Joe Schmidt first, and then you become Jim Schmidt. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It goes Adam Schmidt, Joe Schmidt. Complete – like like Adam just kind of like got younger real quick in the, in the Schmidt family. But <laughs> it goes Adam Schmidt, a little bit of ground on the side, Joe Schmidt, whatever he's got going with the whole dome, and then Jim Schmidt with – the most hair of any gray haired man I've ever seen in my entire life. That's right. Um, Brian Regan. Yeah. Brian Regan, Jim Schmidt impression right now. They're just about the same age and they've got about the same hair now. Um, so whatever's happening with his hair, whatever's happening with his age, the man is not losing it. I don't think he, I thought this was fantastic. I thought he was really funny. I like that. He's, while I like all different kinds of humor, we talk about this all the time. Uh, give me a, give me a dirty joke all day long, but I also love that he doesn't, that he's not that way. He, he doesn't have to, he doesn't do a lot of, a lot of dirty stuff and kind of same way with like Gaffigan and a few other people, but I like a that. lot like Gaffigan, a lot like Gaffigan. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and, Cause they can take almost any subject matter usually something you don't even think about and, you know, turn, turn it into, you know, t take uh, one specific animal that you never think about and turn it into 10 or 15 minutes. Um, so having said that, the first note that I wrote down, he was talking about going to the doctor and, you know, a whole bunch of different things with that. But he, and then he's, I think he mentioned the ears, nose and throat doctor or something like that <clears throat> and, and started saying like the three different things that you could say. And the one that got me, he had some good ones, but the one that got me was the giraffe throat, throat, and throat doctor. <laughs> that was, was because he, when he said, when he said, when he said, I don't understand why, why all these doctors are all specialists. Yeah. And then you have vets that are not only, that not only deal with every single animal, but they deal with every single body part of every single animal. And then we have our own specialist for what he's called, what do you call it? Back of the knee, nape of the neck, <laughs> back of the knee, spine, nape of the neck or something like that. Yeah, doctor. Small of the back. Oh nape of the neck. Small of the back. That's what, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was, that was funny. I'm mean, almost everything he did was really good. Um, I wrote down the, the test, the diagnosis. He talked about OCD, his OCD. Um, yeah. And I, I related to that, the arranging the books on the shelf the way he did. And then it, talking about the uh, test to diagnose it, he took the test and, you know, the first question was whatever. And then the he got to the second question and he had this, this weird feeling that he didn't answer the first question. So he had to go back. <laughs> and then it was about the oven. He's like, no, I think that was the first question. Do you, yeah. do you constantly check to see if you've turned the oven off? No, that's psycho or whatever. And the second question, and then he got a weird feeling that he didn't answer the first one. And then, he's and like, then he actually talking about, yeah, why are they talking about the oven? So I had to check the oven. I had, I, it was on, so I'll never make that mistake again. <laughs> <laughs> that 
that that whole bit there was really funny um and talking about time zones and it's, you know it's first talking about how he uh i don't want to take all these from you i don't want to take all your notes but um, you're good just talking about uh, how somebody always has to say, and I've been guilty of this before. We have family in California. Every time we talk to them or hear something about them and hear a time, I'm like, okay, oh, I got to do the math in my head. Oh, three hours. Like it's some math. Problem. Minus three. Minus three hours. Right. So, <laughs> but I still have to do it. And I'm saying, it, I'm sure I've said, it, I've said it out loud plenty of times before. So, okay. So six o'clock there. Too. Okay. So nine o'clock our time. Anyway, but when he got to his friend left him a message and said, uh, I'll be gone about 20 minutes my time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about 20 minutes West Coast time. Yeah. Uh, that one got me. And the only other thing I had written down was he was talking about his like social anxieties or whatever and going to parties and the, the conversations people so had. Funny. And his his whole thing, the guy telling the story about the lottery tickets that <laughs> he had all the numbers. That was great. You, you started with nothing and finished below that. <laughs> oh man, that's that was one of my favorite jokes. Uh, not being able to fit into any group. So it's funny that you, those are the things you said and wrote down, right? Because they all relate to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna say that. Yes, that's true. Yeah, I I remember all those, but I really didn't write any of those down. I wrote down the uh, I wrote down mushroom joke. Because I like mushrooms, but I could totally understand people being, why are mushrooms always involved in, in that whole deal with that? The raisins, I wrote down, raisins are not effing grapes. He said, friend's like, well, do you like grapes? Oh, here we go. And then he says, do you like ham sandwiches? Would you like me to leave it outside? for three days in the blistering sun on a picnic table. So it shrivels up and hardens. Oh, but it's just a ham sandwich. Oh my God. I was dying laughing at that. I thought that was great. Um, there, Oh, I got, I got a couple other things here that, that you did. Oh, when they was talking about being on Mars and he, and he said, he said, they believe that there are rocks there that are from volcanoes. <laughs> I laughed at this because you got to think about it, right? Every once in a while, some people will say something. And if I got to think an extra second longer than I feel like I should have, then I go, oh, you got me, you son of a gun. That was a good one. He goes, if they expect me to believe that volcanoes blew rocks all the way to Mars. Oh, my God, I was dying. It was so great. Uh, that was good. Uh, I was almost the first responder talking about being in a plane. <laughs> Why they should clap? They should clap for the people in the in the. Uh, we've had all kinds of people talk about uh, the jokes about being in a plane in the uh, section that opens whatever that is up. The seat next to the door, or whatever. Yeah, the rest of the stuff is all stuff that you got. So uh, I enjoyed this, man. I, I definitely enjoyed it. So on the count of three. We're going to say what we what we gave it on the count of three. All right. One, two, three. Three point four. Oh! <laughs> I went above mediocre. I wrote 3.4 down before I took – I wrote down a couple of the other jokes, to be completely honest with you. But when I say 3.4, it doesn't mean I didn't like it. 
I loved it. Go ahead. Second guess yourself since I was way higher. <laughs> You're doing that to me. I'm about to give it a four. I'm, I'm this close <laughs> to jumping it up to a four. I'm about to go up 0.6 and give it a four. You know what? It just happened. I'm going up 0.6. I'm giving it a four. It was that good, though. I laughed more during this than I've laughed at a lot of specials that we've done lately. And this dude is so Jim Gaffigan. And Jim Gaffigan, there have been some specials that don't make me laugh nearly. This dude made me laugh all the way through. He's got the funny voices throughout. He gets way animated at certain times and then pulls it back in. Uh, he did. It was, it was good. It was good. Brian Regan's fantastic. I was really excited uh, about this one because he's one of the best ever. Maybe. I mean, he's and, and hearing other comedians talk about like having so much reverence for him, like as one of the top guys, like I've heard, I've heard guys, you know, Mark Norman, he's on podcasts like every day. So I watch a lot of that stuff. And he talks about Regan at, like up there with like Seinfeld and some, some of these other guys that are like, you know, all time great. Um, there are, I'm trying to remember. Brian Regan had his own like variety show for a while. It's kind of like a sketch comedy show or whatever. And I'm trying to remember the name of it now. Of course I can't think of it, but if you go I watched find an episode after I watched after I watched this special, it oh. popped up a, it popped up an episode right off the bat on yeah. Netflix. So it's on Netflix. Yeah, and I, and I've watched all of them, and I just pulled him up, and I can't I can't find it now. But anyway, go to Netflix and look through the stuff that you know Brian. Almost all his specials are on there, but he has a show, and it was really funny too. I loved it, and he would do little you know a few minutes of a uh, few minute sets kind of to open the show and in the middle of it and stuff like that, kind of like Chappelle would do. Um, so anyway, really good stuff. Great choice by you on the Brian Regan on the rocks is what it's called. It's on Netflix. If you haven't checked it out, check it out, recommend it. Uh, so we've got, uh, we've got to decide what we're going to do for next week and, uh, and then we'll wrap it up. And yeah, those so are both, both up to me. You're up. Yeah, you're up, man. What are we doing? What What's the comedy segment? So the comedy segment for next week, we're going to do something, uh, a guy who had a late night talk show for a while and I, I never watched it. I, I think I may have watched an episode or two and, um, I, I just wasn't, I just never got into it, I guess, but he just came out with a new stand-up special, Craig Ferguson, Craig Ferguson had a late night talk show for a long time. Um, and this one's called tickle fight. It was just released, and uh, it's on. When Netflix. when was it released? I, I'm pretty sure, unless didn't we just do a Craig Ferguson? Like we did, Craig. We've done a Craig Ferguson on this on this podcast, huh. haven't we? I don't think so. Am I forgetting something? I, I'm very... No, maybe I just looked at. Maybe I just watched one. I love Craig Ferguson. Oh no, we uh, I, we have not done this. No, we have definitely not done this. Oh, wait, Tickle Fight, this is 2017. But You're we right. did not, this we've never done this. Yeah, we've never done I don't this. Know why, I don't know why I thought this just came out. I don't know. Maybe it just popped up on my thing. It looked new. It probably just popped up, which is, which is good. But it, it was from a few years ago. So, but uh, I want to watch this because did you say, no, you said you, you've not seen this. 
or you watched it on your own? No, no, no. I've never seen this one. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, the last one I watched was not this one. Okay. So we'll watch that. Craig Ferguson tickle fight. Uh, it's it's not new like I thought. <laughs> so, but anyway, we'll make we'll make it this one. As a matter of fact, uh, really quickly in a quick pinch, I kind of had another guy in mind, but I wasn't positive about it, and I didn't I didn't actually look it up. Okay, so yeah, there is there is a comedian who I did not know about until this past week, and unfortunately, I found out about him because he died. Um, and I didn't know anything about it. And then on, I want to say it was, I can't remember somebody else's podcast. They mentioned him. Um, Eric Myers, guy named Eric Myers. Uh, if you look at him, to be honest, it looks like he may have stumbled in uh, off the street to an open mic and uh, was out of his mind on some sort of, uh, drugs or something like that and and uh, started doing comedy but apparently this guy was in the comedy game for a long time and was pretty good so on youtube uh it's just eric myers live if you look that up it's about 49 minutes long but that's uh I, that's how i found out i heard that he was killed uh, apparently holy face yeah, he was a, he, apparently he was an alcoholic who was sober for a long time and then during the pandemic relapsed and was you know had a had a rough night and was walking down the highway or something like that and got hit by a car and killed in the last week. Jeez. So very yeah, very sad story there, but um and I did not know who this guy was. I don't re recall seeing him before, but um once I heard about him whoever it was, whoever's podcast I was watching, I watch a million of them now, but um, mentioned his YouTube special uh, on YouTube. And so get on there, Eric Myers, E-R-I-K-M-Y-E-R-S. Is, uh, so is that what we're doing? We're I doing we're this do instead? That I think we're going to do that one. All right. This is a gentleman who uh, who just passed. Maybe in his honor, we will give him a shot. Maybe, maybe this is a Maybe this is a really super funny guy that we just didn't know about, and we'll have the pleasure of finding out about a new comedian that, unfortunately, we won't get to see new stuff from anymore. But So I got to critique a dead guy. A guy well, not just a dead guy, a guy that just died, literally just died. So if this dude sucks, I'm going to come on here and talk about how he sucks, and he just died. <laughs> It, no, not that he sucks. His jokes His on, comedy this, sucks. on this comedy special, on this specific comedy special, we we didn't see him at the Laugh Factory on a Tuesday night in the middle of January, you know, six years ago. It, he could have been the funniest guy on the planet. This is his special that he released on uh, on YouTube. And that's what we're going to that's what we're going to critique. So, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, so I'm gonna be the guy. All right, I'm in. I'm, Let's I'm, go. Look, Eric I'm, I'm with I'm you. Down. If I don't, I'm if down. I don't like it, I'm gonna say, look, God bless the guy and God bless his family, and I, I <laughs> you know, God bless everybody, and probably we probably know uh, have our fans of a lot of comedians that know him, 
might've been his friends and stuff like that. But uh, I, I mean, we're just doing it. We're just critiquing his comedy special as two people who have never done comedy ourselves. You know, if, if any comedian ever, Oh, now hold on a second. We both have done comedy. Uh, We've done comedy live. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. You could go on YouTube and find both of our comedy specials live. Okay, not professionally. Okay, none of us have done it professionally. No. Um, so if if any real actual professional comedian ever watched this and saw us critiquing and having something not great to say about an, a comedian, they would be so they would just like just torch us because they're like sure. you idiots that have never done comedy that have never stood on a stage. <laughs> No, no, no. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is what I want. If you're a comedian out there and I've said something about your buddy who's a comedian who is no good, I want you to get a hold of me so bad so you can come on this show. We really tear should me try up. to get some comedians on here. We really should. Tear me up. I wish they would tear me up. I want somebody to tell me how stupid I am and how much I don't appreciate or something like that so we can have a fun conversation because I feel like if there's going to be somebody that's going to do that, and they're a comedian, then we can have a really fun and funny conversation together. I think we could, I, I think we could get, I mean, it's up to you. I think we could, we could get some comedians on here. I think uh, well, we I'm going to leave, start with some local people. Um, yeah. But, but I, I mean, I, I know, I know a guy that did comedy for a little while who doesn't do it anymore, but, but like move to, moved to New York to do it specifically. And, and that, you know, knows a bunch of comedians because he was like doing it with them for a little while. Um, so I might, I mean, I could probably get him on maybe, uh, but they're local. I mean, we have a couple of local, by the way, it's driving me crazy. I wish I was a little more loose and not so anxious about everything because I would go to the funny bone this week tomorrow for three days four to three or four three days mark norman is here in cincinnati mark really here. yep yep the funny well, why bone brings you a just lot of really good i because, so why, don't, why don't we go why can't you wear why can't you wear a mask you you're, you're in your 90 days or whatever let's go get a mask and go let's anymore. go see mark norman <clears throat> um yeah i i really thought about it I really, really thought about it, but I'm holding out a little bit longer. I'm going to get two needle stabs in my arm and I'm going to start going to comedy shows. All right. Well, we need to go at the same, we need to go to a show together. We've never been to a comedy show. I know. And And we talk about comedy every week. Yep. We definitely need to do that. We definitely do. And we will. Um, so that's, uh, the comedy special Eric Myers next week. And then uh, Mount Rushmore, I'm going to go Mount Rushmore. And this is a guarantee that we will not have the same Mount Rushmore next week. We're going to do the Mount Rushmore of actors. So your, your top four. Jesus Christ. Actors. Are you kidding me? Actors, actors, actresses, whoever, you know. Actors. Yep. Dude. Start thinking. Gotta start thinking. Do you realize that this is like saying greatest athlete of all time? We'll I don't do care what sport. I don't care what sport, just any athlete of any sport. 
Will Chamberlain. That's ridiculous. This is going to be the most difficult one I've ever we've ever done. This is this is by far the most difficult one we've ever done. But but it's thank you for that. It's also not because it's it's subjective. It's your own. I can almost guarantee this is probably the best thing we could have done after the Sacramento Kings, where we both had the exact same four people. This is probably the best because I can almost guarantee that our four people will not be the same. Exactly. They will not be. I guarantee it too. I love it. I have one. I have one in mind that's probably number one for me, and I'm gonna have to think about some other ones. But um, I have I have like three or four on my mind, but one for sure that we might have. We might have similar. We might okay, have one. So we might hold have on. One or two. Hold, we might have just one. Hold or two. on. Hold on. Hold on. We need to establish ground rules. I. I, I just I just have some questions. Let's answer. When we say greatest actors of all time, this is our favorite actors of all time. I'm a comedian guy, right? Like I love comedies. It's almost always got a comedian in it. Are they the best actors? No. Okay. Now, are we talking about the best thespians? Like like uh, an actual true thespian? Well, yeah. Like a Ellen. man. You have Ellen. You got um, who else? You got Tig Notaro. Um, oh. You said you said thespian with a th. I got thespian. Sorry, thespian. I I apologize. We're not talking about Remy Ma or. I thought you said female comedians. Oh, oh, oh. Or lesbian? No, thespian. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I, I, I think it can be anything. I think we'll leave it wide open. It can be comedic actors. It can be dramatic actors. It can be. it can be uh, like the like the uh, Chappelle skit uh, black actors uh, with uh, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> I just, oh my god! I just started. I just started saying actors, and then uh, what was his name from the Chappelle skit? Uh, the guy that's like super super talented uh, from whose line is it anyway? From whose line is it anyway? Oh my gosh, the greatest. That's one of my all-time favorite Chappelle show skits. Wayne Brady. Wayne, Wayne oh Brady. Oh my gosh. Yeah. One of the best. He just starts black actors, he pulls man, right? out the AK. He pulls out the AK and just starts blowing people away. Uh yeah. <clears throat> dang on hookers so all around. Any anybody who acts in a film, in a movie counts. Betty White. Clint Eastwood, uh, John Wayne, and whoever played Hoss in Ponderosa. What's that movie called? Bonanza. Mm. There you go. That's my four. Not even close to who my four would actually be. Those are just the oddest, weird four people I could think of. All right. Have fun with these next week. Oh my God. This is going to be so difficult. I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to, I don't know how to calculate this. Like, do we just go by Oscars? There's, we going no, by? There's, no, there's no stats. There's no stats to look up. It's you got to think about your favorite movies and who were the, the characters that made those your favorite movies or, or it can be two of those and two of the people that you think are the best skilled, talented actors. This one is open for interpretation. Oh my God. All right. Sounds good. I'm in for that. Let's go. All right. So Eric Myers in greatest 
actors or actresses of that's all cool. time. Yep, that's it. I love it. Uh, I, I don't even know that there's anything to go past that. Just on that note, don't forget to turn your headlights on. <laughs>